Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Jennifer Rizzio, founder and spiritual director of Soul Language, and you're listening to Ask and Answered by Soul. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with tangible tools to embody your divinity and create a life based on freedom. Each podcast is focused on a topic that will guide you to listening and utilizing your essential nature. During each show, I ask an expert three key questions so you can understand that you're not alone on this journey and that your soul is the key to forming a life full of abundance, purpose, and passion. The goal of each interview is for you to take away a practice that you can do right now to change your life and understand what assistance is out there in the universe to support you. And today I'm talking with Ron Ben-Joseph, and we're talking about being the producer versus the director of your vision. Let me tell you a little bit about Ron. He's a visibility conversion strategist. He has spent the past two decades empowering professionals to overcome their fears of sharing their messages and stories by organizing their content into a tight narrative structure that is the basis for all effective storytelling. He's worked with Broadway actors as well as heart-centered professionals in fields ranging, ranging from health and wellness to finance and real estate. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. So the first question I ask everyone is, what has your soul or your essential nature shared with you throughout your journey? Well, um, you know, it's funny. I like <laughs> My soul has shared a lot of stuff, but it's actually... <laughs> I'm not just saying this. It's five minutes of a conversation with you that like helped everything explode even more, like in Yay! a good way. Yeah. I so um, I went on this journey in my career, starting as a director first, because I was not a good actor originally. Um, and so I became a theater director and then that evolved into acting teacher and um, all the while seeing that I also love sales. And so it all kind of culminated in me really stepping into uh, the director self and the coach and finding a way to do what I love uh, with the people that I love doing it with. And, and just like this beautiful hybrid of a career. But at the core of it was this idea of like, I was afraid of the producer self. I was afraid of like the one that had to put everything together, that had to create the opportunities. I thought that somehow if I wasn't just hired to do the directing side or the performance side, but like really the directing side, if I wasn't hired, then I was a failure. And that mm. the only way to be successful is if someone invites you to the party instead of creating the party yourself. And so, but my natural aptitude is to create opportunities and to create the experiences that I want the audience to have. And so it's funny. So like I speak to you for five minutes and you're like, oh, this just in, you're showing up small. You didn't say it. I don't know if you said it much nicer, but you're like, you're showing up small and your producer self is not like, even being allowed to enter into the room. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. So how do we start, allow, how do we move from director to producer? You know, because I think that it's just not about a mindset shift. It's also about there are tangible things that we have to do to move from director to producer. So how do we go about doing that? Well, it's, a, it's such a great question because I see it with my clients too. My clients that will be like, oh, my competitor is just getting so many referrals. And they're, again, there's a sense they're always being invited to the party. And I think just kind of letting go of that or the perception of that, that like someone else is doing it easier, faster, mm. better for more money. Right. And I think just going like, this is what I'm learning, you know, from, from my amazing clients. I'm like, 
I think it's just a matter of going, it's not negative if you want to produce your own show or create your own opportunity or um, aren't necessarily getting all the referrals every 10 seconds. It's okay because you can be the, you know, you can still be the producer and produce results by driving uh, your own or creating your own opportunities based on what feels good to you, what you're really into, what you really need, what, what kind of things you want to interact with and create with. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I think so often people in my verbiage, I would say they hand over their power to a certain role that they're playing or that they've been given. And instead of going, here's what I want, here's what I need, as I would say, make it so, right? Yeah. I think so often we're kind of, we, we get into this role or we get into this mindset and then we're stuck there, you know? So I think a great question would be like, what would this situation look like or feel like if I was directing? What would this situation look like or feel like if I was producing? You know, to me, it's like they both have different kind of, uh, roles and power kind of structure, but you need to really work with them both. And I think so often it is right. People are going, well, why am I not getting to the party? You know, why am I not being invited? I was talking to a client. She's like, there was this telesummit about, you know, this, and I, and I wasn't invited to that. And she goes, and I feel bad. I was like, yeah, but do you really want to be there? And she's like, no, not really. Hmm. So where do you want to be? Right. It's also about really, declaring why you want to be at that party because most of the time we don't even want to be it we just don't want to not be at it 100 it's so funny my um my co-parent my uh, ex-wife so like she's my co-parent we're really good friends her she had a, a relative in from out of town and in the same week she also adopted the most adorable puppy ever mm-hmm. and so saturday night she asked me if i could puppy sit and so her you know she took my daughter and and her cousin uh, it was their cousin's last night in from out of town and they went out to dinner and I got to, I, so here, what ended up, I got to sit on the couch after a long week and just cuddle with the sweetest dog ever. But I was so aware that I was like, she didn't invite me to dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, did you even want to go? I'm like, no, it's girl time. Like it's that's time. It's, you know, like the, the three of them have been together all week. This is them saying goodbye. You know, like it's so not necessary. I'm like, and I get to cuddle with this dog and watch a movie. Like, when does that happen? You know, right? But it's it's the idea that I was not invited. You know, and I I gave them a hard time. I go, oh, and her cousin comes in. She's like, we're gonna bring you food, but there's nothing dairy free, gluten free for you. And I was like, it still would have been nice to you know to get right. an offer to come with you guys. You know, so it's it's again, it's that idea that like it sounds so great to get invited. Um, and not to sound arrogant, but like I was invi- like, I used to have a lot of um, friends in high school. <laughs> like I was very, like people wanted me around and I, I have great friends now, but like, but in high school, like I was always invited to parties and I remember senior year grounding myself. I'm from an Israeli family. So like nobody gets grounded. You get yelled at <laughs> you get, your spirit gets broken, but you don't get grounded. It's just not in their vernacular. You're like, Oh, you stay home now. It doesn't happen. <laughs> so I, but I used to tell my friends like by, by like, you know, like the middle of first semester senior year, I was like, oh, you guys, I got grounded again. You know, I just wanted some downtime. I wanted some time. By, I'm an introvert. So I just wanted time by myself. So it's like, even when we think like, oh, it's so nice to get invited to the party, it can be overwhelming and it can have its downside too. And I think that like, by looking at, like to your point, what's your, what's in alignment with your value system? What is it that you really want here? Um, do you even want to go to the party? Do you even want to be a part of this thing? And it's like, you might go, once I get past the ego of, 
why I didn't get invited so I don't know no it's like no I really don't I really love doing what I do or I love doing it this way and I think the producer to your point is the one that says the producer is the one that makes the rules and goes who can come in who can come out who do I put together in this project who who's going to work well with who like what's what's what steps do I need to take to be the most successful and and um yeah I think like you said I think I think it's really about being clear about what you want and allowing yourself the power to make it happen yeah and I love the the who do you get to play with line I think so often we can be in our business or we can be in lack and then we're like oh let me just play with anyone and that creates a lot of codependence icky stuff that doesn't support you so you're really brilliant at really helping people kind of get that story down so it's very impactful. Where do you think people fall down when when they're talking or they're trying to storytell? Such a great question. Um, um, growing up, my dad was always like, no one gives a shit about you. Don't, and he wasn't saying, I mean, it's not a nice thing to say, but he wasn't saying like, no one cares about, he's like, when you're talking to other people, he's like, don't talk about you. Always talk about the other person. People only care about themselves. Don't talk about you. And I think there's truth to that, but I think what it taught me was that my value and my passion and my ideas are secondary to everyone else's. Then fast forward, uh, you know, a few years later, and I, I primarily 99% of my business is female entrepreneurs and executives. And I think I've seen that, and I hear every day that women have, like a lot of the women that I work with have been taught the same thing. Like you come second to everyone else, put, put everyone else before you. That's what you're supposed to do. And, and I think the notion of talking about you, your passion, all that is you, all that you do and be, uh, and how you even help others, I think is so, it's like, it's not taught and it's pushed away and people go to an extreme. They either talk like me, 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 I, 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 it's all about me, or they don't talk any, like they don't say anything at all. And they don't, when they're, when they're in a sales call or they're in a presentation and they want to, you know, come to that call to action at the end, they're terrified because they go, if I talk about myself, I'm boasting. If I talk about the success I've had with clients, then I'm bragging. If, you know, the, nobody's going to like me if I, if I share this personal story, this, this like vulnerable moment and how I overcame it. And I'm like, well, if we, if we're clear up front about what you're, you know, like to my dad's point and to some points, like you go, if you're clear about what the other person wants, what's standing in the way of them getting it, and then you align your story with theirs and with how you overcame, how you, you beat the dragon, whatever it is, you overcame the struggle then it becomes, then there's an incentive for them to listen, to engage, and then ultimately to see you as a resource and credibility. And so that's what a lot of what we do in, in the, um, in the visibility and conversion coaching, which is really, I, I, it's like a fancy word of like public speaking for sales. Um, <laughs> we align your values, your passion, your stories, your success, your achievements with the journey that your client or prospective client is going on. And so they're able to see themselves in your narrative and they go, wow, if you were able to do that for you, I, I'm, I'm in. I want you to help me with that. Yeah. It's also about the energy that you're telling the story in, right? We've all been in that room where I do a networking thing with a couple of times a month. And, and um, this woman was talking 
supporting another woman. And then she goes, well, you know, that's what I do. You could come to me. And I took everything I had to not to move through Zoom and choke her until she passed out. Right? Like, <laughs> like, oh, my God, because it was done with such a sense of lack. Yeah. Right. Like, OK, we all know that we're in business. Right. So there's a way to do it energetically that is loving, compassionate for you and for them and isn't salesy or pushy. And I think so often people don't know how to do that energetically. So they don't know how to do, then they fall into, what do I say? What do I do? Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's this beautiful kind of dance of knowing the stories to tell, having it to be clear. So you're not talking about the color socks you were wearing. Right. Right. And understanding your, where you're coming from, what is your energy that makes it received very, it received in a big way. I just watched uh, with a friend of mine, Nanette on Netflix, mm. Hannah Gatsby. Yep. Uh, and by the end of the two hours, I was like, oh my God, I'm so punched in the gut and I think it should be required watching for everyone, right? Like it, she is an amazing storyteller. And what is really great about that show is she's firmly, she tells you, look, I'm great at building tension. I'm great at doing the joke, building the tension and helping you relieve it. And it was such a, such a masterful piece in story uh, telling because we know we're being manipulated, like manipulated. We're okay with it because the story is so profound versus someone trying to manipulate you and you not being okay with it because of the energy that the manipulation is coming from. I love, I love that you're bringing that up. Like the notion of manipulation the, because of, um, you know, in the, in the scenario that I gave where it's, again, it's like aligning what you want to share with what they're going through. What I used to teach, um, I used to teach public speaking at, at the college level. And when we studied persuasion, I loved that my first semester when I was like working off of the textbook, I was like, there, there was this um, chapter about persuasion. And there was this like, passage where it was like, you're not going to win. Like, they're like a third of the audience are going to be yours no matter what. Another third of the audience are going to turn their back on you. They don't believe in what you have to offer. Just deal with it. And they're like, where persuasion really happens is in that middle third. And I thought I was coming from, again, like a theater background going into now I'm teaching speech to kids that don't want to be here. And, you know, they, they, they have other they have other things in their lives and they're being forced to do this gen, gen ed. And I was like, OK, well, I want to succeed on that middle, that mm. middle third. And I was like, I want to make that middle third as comfortable as possible for them. And so it's like, is it manipulation or is it just kind of in my head, I go, it's like, we're minimizing the risk of you getting rejected, not necessarily them being persuaded to your side, but you're presenting information and story in a way that is relatable and engaging, if nothing else. So you're not going to get rejected on the way you're telling it, right? Because you're, you're speaking in what's relevant to them. You're, you're constructing the information, the narrative, the story, whatever it is, the, the, um, the anecdotes, the humor, maybe you're, you're constructing it all with them in mind, just as we do, you know, when we're putting a show, we go, okay, I think the audience will really appreciate this, or I think this will land well with the audience versus I think some people do go, this is going to shock them and they're going to cry and make them uncomfortable. 
it's up to you, <laughs> you know, whichever <laughs> one you want. I think when we have a business, our goal really is to serve and to really be helpful. And so I go, let's, let's not manipulate, but let's direct the conversation. <laughs> let's produce the direction of the conversation around what is pertinent, what is relatable, what is important to the listener, to the, to the prospective client. Love it. So as we're wrapping up here, how do people get more of you? This is a great question because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm working with my coach. Uh, I, I work with uh, my coach, Kat Stancic. Uh, Kat Stancic. I just said that really fast. Like it was like one word, Kat Stancic. Kat Stancic, my coach. Um, I'm being more visible myself because I've kind of been in the shadows. I'm like, you know, I work with these brilliant women. I'm just, you know, in the back. So I'm working on a lot of new programs uh, to, to be seen more as a support system for others. But for right now, <laughs> the point is, is that you can find me. Uh, my website is artfulspeaking.com. So artful with one L, artfulspeaking.com or Ron Ben Joseph, you know, you can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. And uh, yeah, if, if you're curious about how to, show up on a bigger stage while feeling uh, that you are your full, like authentic, organic, conversational self, let me know. I'd love to help out. Love it. So my last question is, if you were a magnet on whatever you call your higher powers refrigerator, what would your magnet say? Oh. Let's put on a show. I feel like that's always, I'm like, let's put on a show. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's that little kid, you know, let's put a show on like that energy of like, you know, when you were little and you would put on shows or you would write, I wrote the newspaper for the block. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's that, create the opportunity. Yeah. It's that amazing feeling of let's put on a show. I love it. Well, thank you so much for playing with me today. Thank you. Oh, you're the best, Jennifer. I just talking to you is always a gift. Thank you. Everyone, you've been listening to Ask and Answer by Soul. Of course, I'm Jennifer Rizzio. Uh, this podcast is dedicated to helping you understand that your soul is the answer. If you're interested in learning more about the answer of your soul, you can secure your free sacred practice tool at soullanguage.us forward slash sacred practice. Please feel free to share this podcast with your community, leave a comment, or contact me directly. But most importantly, contact my amazing guests because if you're not you're missing out on a great opportunity so bye for now are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all times do these legendary movies still hold up on the generation film podcast two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation we discuss changes in storytelling styles representation the making of each film its initial reception and how its meaning has changed over the years join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on generation film Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production.